Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Today, we're talking top 25 players in the NBA under the age of 25. Lots of controversial uh, picks to choose from. Thanks for making NBA Big Board your first listen every time we upload a podcast. Here we go. Aloha, I'm back. I'm Chad Ford. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Last week, if you remember, we talked about the top 10 teams, top 20 teams actually in the NBA with the best young cores under the age of 25. Today, we're tackling which of those players are the best players, players under the age of 25. Promise we do this uh, last week. We've been uh, running it all week on nbabigboard.com. Make sure you go over there, uh, subscribe, give us your email, get these in your inboxes. We ran uh, players 16 through 25 on Tuesday, uh, players uh, 6 through 15 on Wednesday, and then players 1 through 5 on Thursday. And you can check all of that out over at nbabigboard.com. And this was an attempt now, we talked about tiers, but you know Trey Young and, and John Collins, for example, were in the same tier. And what does that mean? Lots of players in tier three. Uh, what does it mean? And so we went back this time and actually tried to rank the players one through 25. Again, these are players that are under the age of 25 by the time the season starts on October 19th. So as long as you're 24 uh, and 364 days at the start of the season, you qualified for the list. And I use several different ways of sort of compiling this list. First, I use two analytics models, uh, the Darko and LeBron analytics models, which you can find online uh, to give each player a score based off of uh, both their offensive and defensive abilities uh, in the NBA. Uh, for NBA rookies, I use the 2021 NBA draft tier system that I employed uh, for the draft. And then I talked to a number of NBA general managers and scouts uh, to get their take. And I think one thing is really important and probably the most controversial part of this list, it's really difficult to rank rookies in this list. So one way to think about the list is that, okay, these are going to be the top 25 players under the age of 25 this season. That's not what I was trying to do here. I was actually trying to say, look, if all of these players were 23, 24 years old right now, who would be the best players that currently are under the age of 25 right now, which means that for someone who's 24 years old like Jalen Brown, we don't really need any projection anymore. We sort of know where they stand uh, right now as players. But for a 20-year-old or for a 19-year-old, we have a lot of projection to do to try to get there. And so when I asked general managers and scouts to rate players, I was asking them to think about the impact those rookies and second-year players would have in the league by the time that they're 24. And so this is really important to understand when we get to younger players like Zion Williamson, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, even Lonzo Ball uh, and Anthony Edwards, for example, because they're not fully formed yet. So it's expected that rookies are going to take two to three years to really start to shine in the NBA. So what I'm not saying is that someone like Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green is better than players that are currently 23, 24 years old, all-stars in the NBA. I'm not saying that even if they're ranked higher, but I am saying that in three to four years, I believe that they will be at that point. That's what we're projecting out. So, you know, think about Jalen Brown at 19 and not at 24. Think about Trey Young at 19 and not 24. Um, they wouldn't be ranked as high as they are right now in the system either. And so you're projecting out. And I know that that, that, 
puts in a lot of subjectivity, a lot of guessing. Uh, right now into this process, I think it's fun. I think it's great to be able to debate this if you want to debate it. And we're going to just dive uh, into that list right now. And we're going to uh, actually start this list backwards. So we're going to start with player number 25. And before I even jump into player 25, it probably means that we should talk about a few players that did not make this list. Uh, these were players that are certainly really good prospects, guys that um, are under the age of 25 that have a bright, bright future in the NBA. There is so much talent right now in the NBA that not everybody can make this list. So a couple of guys that uh, you know I saw uh, people upset about that weren't on this list, R.J. Barrett uh, is a great example uh, for the Knicks. Uh, uh, O.G. Uh, Ananobi uh, of the Toronto Raptors, not on the list. Jonathan Isaac out of Orlando Magic, not on the list. Kevin Porter Jr., probably the guy that I'm I'm worried I'm going to regret the most, uh, just misses the cut. And they missed the cuts because, one, the analytics didn't put him there uh, in the top 25. That was especially t true uh, for um, uh, R.J. Um, Barrett, who just from an analytics standpoint just isn't there. Uh, not even close, uh, but it, it also affected players like Jonathan Isaac, who have been injured a lot. And then Kevin Porter Jr., who really had a very, very strong end of the season for the Houston Rockets, but statistically was a little bit more sketchy um, after that. So it, it hurts players. And look, it, it benefits players who haven't played a game yet in the NBA. It, it just does because we're still projecting based off of what we saw in high school and college or their international play um, as well. But those were just the, a few of the names of players who did not make the list. And so let's start talking about the 25 that did. And so let's start with number 25, Lonzo Ball. Uh, just changed teams, is on the Chicago Bulls. His third team uh, in the NBA uh, had a, a solid LeBron and Darko sc uh, score, definitely not rated as a as an all-star. And, and to me, I look at all-star and say, okay, who are the top, you know, 40-ish uh, players in the NBA? Now, obviously, there's fewer all-star spots than that, but there's variability from year to year. So I sort of think about like the top 40-ish uh, players there. And then when you start talking about, you know, tier one guys, you're talking about the top 20 players, and then when you're talking about um, then some top 10 players as well, uh, where there was only one player, uh, Luka Doncic, who, who made that designation. So Lonzo Ball, kind of sitting right there at tier three, has really improved as a player, as a three-point shooter, as a free-throw shooter. You can imagine that there was a time when he would have started as a rookie really high and then dropped off this list, but I think he's really improved over the last couple of years. I actually like his fit in Chicago. I thought it was one of the best free agent signings of the summer. He gets picked 25. Number 24 is, is a tough one. It's Jaron Jackson Jr. out of Memphis, who's only 22 years old. The analytics did not love him last year, and he, he fought through injuries for most of the season, only played 11 games last season, missed, has missed 101 games in his three seasons in the NBA right now. He can, can provide toughness on the boards, at the rim, uh, and he, I think for a lot of teams, think that he's going to be a small ball five ultimately in the league, but he's only 22 years old. I think there's still plenty of time to emerge, especially if he's healthy. He's on a really good team I'm in Memphis right now. He was just voted by NBA GMs as the guy most likely to have a breakout season. I really like Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I actually think that his ceiling is more of a tier one guy than where he sort of sits right now as a tier three. 
22 years old, but those injuries, those 101 missed games in the last three NBA seasons, you've got to factor that in for him right now. Uh, you know, a ridiculous talent needs to stay healthy and continue to improve. Another one that got people a lot very upset, in fact, some Sacramento Kings fans got after me, was at 23 with De'Aaron Fox, who comes in. 23 years old, had a big, big season, uh, right on the cusp of being an NBA All-Star right now, averaged 25 points a game, seven, uh, uh, 7.2 assists a game, was getting the line 7.2 ti- uh, t- 7.2 times per game, which was really good. Absolute blur in the open court, uh, has toughness uh, that the rest of the Kings teams at, at times have really lacked. He, he, he struggled a little bit in the analytics, though. One of it is his, his three-point shot. He got, got up to 32% uh, from three last season, which is okay. It uh, needs to get better. Uh, turnovers are an issue as well. And actually, his defensive numbers drove down both his LeBron and Darko sc- uh, scores, all of which means that He's a really good player whenever we're talking about a 25-point-a-night score in the NBA, but just not quite the Tier 2 player yet that he needs to be. Will he get there? I actually believe that De'Aaron Fox will get there, uh, but he's just not quite there yet. And I had one Kings fan who got really upset and said, not only is it ridiculous that he should be in the top 10, but he would be in the top 20 players in the NBA. And I I think if you just take a quick look um, anywhere under any sort of objective measure of who the top 20 players in the NBA, De'Aaron Fox is not going to be on that list. And that is not a knock on him. All of these players that I'm talking about in the top 25, to me, have all-star potential. Um, That is elite potential in the NBA. Just because I'm not saying superstar or the best player in the NBA does not mean I'm I am hating on someone or disrespecting someone, just not quite there yet. Brandon Ingram comes in at 22, and again, Pelicans fans all over me because this man has made an all-star team. He's also won an improved, most improved player of the year award. So why not have Brandon Ingram in a tier two category ahead of some of these other players? And I, I think it's really, again, his advanced analytics get after him, uh, especially on the defensive end. In fact, LeBron rated him as the worst defensive starter on his team last year. Not what you want to see out of out of your all-star and superstar. And you're going to see this uh, come up again with several other players that maybe are ranked a little bit lower just because, in part, the game is played on both ends of the court, not just on the offensive end, but the defensive end um, as well. If you believe that he should have been ranked as a tier two player instead of a tier three player. You can certainly make the adjustments and see that that, that would have actually put the Pelicans as the third best young team in the NBA when we did our, our future um, talent rankings around the top uh, 20 teams in the NBA based off their young cores. All right, so here's where it gets controversial because I want to talk about uh, three rookies right now. They were all ranked as tier two players uh, in my draft tiers. So they get ahead of the guys that I'm currently ranking as tier three guys right now. Uh, I do knock them down uh, a bit. So all three of these guys are lumped together behind the other t- more established tier two players that are there. And the frustration here is they have yet to play an NBA game. So how can you say, for example, at 21, Jonathan Kaminga is in the same conversation with Brandon Ingram, and he's not this year. Brandon Ingram is going to be a vastly, vastly better player uh, than Jonathan Kaminga. Brandon Ingram is going to flirt with all-star status while Jonathan Kaminga is going to struggle to get minutes off the bench for Golden State Warriors. But he's 18 years old. He's one of the youngest players in the draft, and I, I think you can make this this comparison to Jalen Brown, who actually struggled early on, ultimately took several years to blossom into an all-star uh, at Boston, uh, but has the potential. 
and, and this is this is I think the key thing here. I believe Jonathan Kaminga, by the time he turns 24, same age as that Brandon Ingram is now, he's got six years to do that, uh, is going to be a better player than Brandon Ingram. Of course, you can laugh at that and scoff at that and say, I just don't see it. Um, and that's that's wild thinking. But I, I think that most of the scouts and general managers that I spoke with project that Jonathan Kaminga is more likely to kind of be where Jalen Brown is going to be on this list when we get to Jalen Brown in a minute than where Brandon Ingram is on the list. So not saying Jonathan Kaminga is better this year than Brandon Ingram. I don't think he'll be better next year than Brandon Ingram. I don't even know that in his third season in the NBA, he will be better than Brandon Ingram. But by the time he turns 24, will he be? And, and again, you can quibble with this and say this isn't the way to do a top 25 list like that. But to me, it's actually more helpful because age plays a big difference here. And I kind of want to know what the future of these teams looks like and what the future of these players are. And again, that takes a level of speculation. We'll eventually get advanced analytics that are going to help us on, on this quest to try to figure this out. But right now, I'd be feeling, if I was at the Golden State Warriors right now, that I have a player that is probably a little more akin to Jalen Brown than Brandon Ingram down the road. At 20, it's Jalen Suggs out of the Orlando Magic. Again, another rookie, a guy who actually I think is probably going to be one of the two or three best rookies in the NBA for the next couple of seasons. I think he comes in with a defensive mindset uh, and an offensive toughness that I think should translate um, at the next level where we're actually going to see him get significant minutes in Orlando. I think he's going to be good. Uh, we got to see him on opening night versus Marcus Smart uh, and the Celtics. And I mean, you know, talk about two guys that are just wired as ultra competitive, ultra tough. They're diving on the floor for, for loose balls. Uh, Jalen Suggs didn't really look that great uh, in his opening game against Marcus Smart, but he was also playing against Marcus Smart. If I was a rookie, that was probably the guy I would dread to play against uh, the most if I had my first game in the NBA against Marcus Smart. But I think it's I, I think that Jalen Suggs competed. He was not terrible, and I think he is going to be really, really good uh, down the road. What keeps him from projecting his Tier 1 status to me is that lack of elite explosiveness or athleticism. At 19, Scotty Barnes. Now, you can quibble Scotty Barnes should be lower than Kaminga or maybe should be lower than Jalen um, uh, than, than, than Jalen Suggs. But to me, you're talking about a guy who has as much upside as anybody in the 2021 uh, NBA draft. You saw him on opening night in the preseason go off for 13 points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks, six for nine from the field. Yes, he needs to improve uh, his jump shot, but we saw him being aggressive. We saw him playing all over the floor, defending all over the floor, and he... I think this was a really key point. He was a plus 19 for the Raptors when he was on the floor that night. Scotty Barnes just affects winning, and he's such a unique player given his size, his length, his athleticism, and truly, because I think sometimes we we exaggerate a little bit, truly a guy who I think can play five positions in the NBA his ceiling is higher, in my opinion, than Jalen Suggs. I think it's higher than Jonathan Kaminga. It frankly could be as high as anybody in this draft right now, uh, though there's some other really great players that we'll talk about a little bit in the minute. But I wondered, is Scotty Barnes going to be able to contribute to this Raptors team right away? And after watching him in the preseason, and again, it's the preseason, and, and you're not going to read too much into one game, I think he's going to impact the game 
right away, and he won't lead the rookies in scoring, and he probably won't lead in rebounds. He might, he might lead in assists. That's that's a possible. But I think when you look at his total stat line and his impact on the game, I think Scotty Barnes is going to be awesome. At 18, John Collins, another sort of controversial selection because Collins has not made an all-star team yet, um, though his numbers are all-star quality according to both the LeBron and the Darko um, analytics right now. And uh, he is a guy who's just continued to improve. I think his impact on the court sometimes doesn't always fit uh, into the statistical numbers right now. He's 24 years old, just signed a five-year, $125 million extension. Uh, makes him one of the cornerstones in Atlanta. But but notice where he is and then where Trey Young is. And they both ended up in, in tier two categories. And you could argue maybe Collins should have been in tier three um, because he hasn't made an all-star game. The, the numbers suggest that that he's probably one of the 40 best players in the NBA um, right now. And so he it, he's worthy of that, that tier two uh, status right now. But you can quibble with that either way. But you're going to see that there's a pretty big distance between him and Trey Young, even though they're in the same tier. And 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 I think that that's, that's appropriate with tiers. The top tiers are smaller. That When you get to tier two, it gets a little bit bigger. When you get to tier three, it gets a lot bigger. And then when you get to tier four, it gets a lot bigger because there's just a lot more players that can play up to that tier and just very few players that can get uh, into that top 40, that top 20, and then that top 10 uh, conversation. At 17, Jalen Brown, the Boston Celtics, uh, a guy who just made his first all-star team and and turns 25 just five days after the season begins, so just barely makes this. Um, He, uh, John Collins, Brandon Ingram will not be uh, on on this list next year because they'll be too old uh, for this list. Career highs in points, assists, um, shot 39.7% from three uh, at 7.1 attempts a game. We're really impressive. You know, analytics, uh, LeBron and to lesser extent Darko weren't like in love with him. Uh, if you were just going on the analytic models, he would be lower on the list. I think he's still improving. I think I think Jalen Brown is a guy who has just been a slow burn improvement every season. I still think he's got another gear uh, to get there. And general managers and scouts that I like to really just really like him as a player. Uh, I, I think he has a ton of value in the league right now. And one of these guys that I think is a great example of just because you struggle starting as a rookie doesn't mean that that's how it's going to be uh, your whole career. And I think he's really improved uh, dramatically. And then at 16, Anthony Edwards. And again, you could quibble. Now here's a, a NBA sophomore. What is he doing ranked ahead of him? Again, he's only 20 years old. Analytics numbers say he's absolutely not there yet uh, and probably won't be there next year or maybe the year after that. On the other hand, after the All-Star break, 24 points a game, five rebounds a game, three assists a game, shot 45% from the field, 35% beyond the arc. That's not that far off uh, what we saw Jalen Brown, and he's four years younger uh, than Jalen Brown in May. Final eight games of the season, limited sample size alert. 27 points a game, four assists a game, 41% from three. If he gets anywhere near that as an NBA sophomore, he's too low on the list. And it's one other thing that I I caught caught my eye was that Anthony Edwards was defending uh, in in the preseason. And that was something that he didn't do a lot of uh, as as a rookie. And if he's going to get after it on the defensive end as well, uh, we're talking about not a tier two player, but a tier one player uh, down the road. So no, Anthony Edwards is not better than Jalen Brown uh, right now. I'm not saying that. But at 24, is it plausible that he's going to be better than Jalen Brown? I, I think it's 
it's actually probable given the elite athleticism that's there and just what we've seen. Now, look, rookies can stall out. Uh, maybe he's not going to going to hit that. But to me, I think he's got the tools that I would really, really love uh, to see in a player. You know that is an NBA superstar someday. He's got that potential. He was late to the game of basketball. I think he's still got just such a ton of talent. Um, I'm really uh, excited to see what he does um, with his career. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about a new sponsor of ours called Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were won and lost based on whose players had scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work also over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All that adds up to more strategy, less busy work, whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty. Game picks has you covered. Sleeper. Crack the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You won't be disappointed. That's download the Sleeper app. Start a league with your friends today. You won't be disappointed. All right, we are doing the top 25 under the age of 25. We've talked about picks 25 through 16. Those are all available in the first column that I ran on Tuesday over at nbabigboard.com. Give us your email address. We'll email those to you uh, every time that they come out. Uh, We're going to be doing some more NBA draft stuff next week. Uh, Now we're getting to picks 15 through 6 in this segment. And again, just reminding you of the rules, the players had to be under the age of 25 by the start of the NBA regular season on October 19th. I'm using statistical analytics models of Darko and LeBron to rate each player. If this is a Chad Ford podcast, you know I'm going to use Darko. I've used our 2001 NBA draft tier system to help with rookies. And I talked to a handful of GMs to rate each player under the age of 25. And again, as they were rating rookies and sophomores, I asked them to project those players out uh, to the age of 23 and 24 and not not just on what they're going to contribute to their team this year. And so for those younger players, we're still projecting out what they will be by the age of 24. Obviously, we don't need to do that with the 23 and 24 year olds because uh, they are there. At 15, it's DeAndre Ayton, a guy who's become a double, double monster. And I know the NBA just really doesn't necessarily value bigs the same way that they did anymore. And that's 
possibly why he's a little bit lower um, on the list. Um, but I think he's going to be an all-star someday in the league. And while you, you can't totally defend the Suns for passing on Luka Doncic um, to get DeAndre Ayton, uh, I don't think there's any surprise where Luka Doncic is going to end up on this list. Um, he still looked really, really good and looked worthy of a number one pick in the draft. He looked his best actually in the playoffs, got 16 points, 12 rebounds, shot 66% from the field for them. Nothing flashy about his game, but he defends. Uh, he's strong. Uh, he finishes at the rim and I think he's got a really really bright future I think Chris Paul brought something out from him uh, in Phoenix as well I'm really excited about him at 14 I'm going to tell you man this is where it got tough like at 14 things started to get really tough because I think these players are like really close together in some ways so if you want to argue uh, that player 14 should actually be player 11 or 12 or whatever I I think that's fear uh, really fair I think these these uh, players are really close together. At 14, Shea, uh, Gilgis Alexander, OKC Thunder, uh, a guy who looked every bit the part of an NBA All-Star in those first 36 games that he played for the Thunder. He almost single-handedly turned one of the worst teams in the NBA, and the Thunder were awful, into nearly a 500 team. They were actually 16 and 19 uh, when Shea was on the court um, for them. And then just absolutely caved to six and thirty-one when he wasn't on the court for them. Uh, he may be the difference actually again this year of whether the Thunder end up being the worst team in the NBA or actually play better. Um, just such a talented player on so many aspects of the game right now. Interestingly, neither LeBron or Darko loves him uh, the way that they love some of the other players. His score is actually were a little bit lower than several of the other the guys that he's ranked ahead of right now, but it was the NBA general managers and scouts that boosted his score up and see a future um, for him. Uh, not totally sure what's going on with LeBron and Darko and uh, those those analytics ratings. I think some of it has to do again with when you play on a terrible team, uh, some of those those numbers are just going to look a lot different. And it's not like Shea has a lot of talent uh, to play with um, every night in OKC right now. I'm very very bullish on. Uh, on his future and could easily see him being a top 10 guy uh, on this list as well. At 13, it's Jamal Murray, tier two guy, um, a guy who had he not had an ACL injury in, in April, that's going to put really his entire season into question, but probably certainly the first half of the season in question maybe he gets a spot two or higher on this uh was averaging career high 22 points a game was shooting 41 percent from three uh at 6.6 attempts a game just really has rounded into such a great all-star guy that i started watching uh as a 16 year old at the nike hoop summit uh, when he came over to, to play there love jamal murray love what he brings to the table um, he's always sort of exceeded expectations to me in a certain sense. Like you, you sort of look at him and he doesn't have that elite athleticism and you just kind of wonder how he's going to be, but he just has such a great knowledge and feel for the game. And actually Darko is very, very bullish on, uh, Jamal Murray had him ranked very, very highly LeBron, uh, analytics, not as much, uh, but he sits here at 13. Uh, this is his last season that he's going to be on here because he's 24 years old. Uh, but just love what he's accomplished as a player in the NBA. His teammate, Michael Porter Jr., comes in at 12. And this is probably where uh, the one area that I wish that um, I had given him a Tier 2 ranking instead of a Tier 3 ranking. 
I was concerned about his back, his long-term health. Um, when I talk to NBA general managers and scouts, it's kind of one of the first things that comes up with Michael uh, Porter Jr. Defense is another one. Shot selection can be another. But the LeBron and Darko analytics matrix absolutely love Michael Porter Jr. They see him absolutely as a tier two uh, star. And when you look at what he's done at the age of 23, I, I think that that I, that was unfair. Even though he has not made an all-star team, he should have gotten a tier two um, categorization from me. And if he had done so, uh, Denver score would have been pushed up significantly, and they would have ranked 11th with Charlotte, Chicago, Dallas, New York, and Sacramento on that future talent rating. So if you want to make that adjustment, you can uh, to to Denver, but it's just awesome that they have two nice guys. And look, Bones Highland actually had a really great uh, preseason rookie game as well. You wonder a little bit about how he's going to get minutes on a contender, but I really like that pick as well. And so he's a guy that does not make the list, but certainly I'm interested in him, uh, his future. At 11, probably the second most controversial guy in this section, LaMelo Ball at 11. Now look, LaMelo fans are probably going to say, Chad, you you got him too low. And everybody else is going to say, Chad, you got him too high. He is just not yet the player that a Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is. And I think you're right. But again, he's 20 years old. We're projecting what he's going to be at 23 and 24, not what he's going to be this year. And by the way, he's already spectacular as a passer, one of the top five passers already right now in the NBA. His shot and his defense were the big question marks that we had about him really early on uh, in the season. He he was better than I thought he would be as a rookie. And if he continues to build on those two strengths, the shooting and uh, his defense, he has the chance to be a superstar and, and a guy that makes the top five uh, of this list uh, right now. I think the, the GMs and scouts, man, they're still not quite all the way in on LaMelo Ball yet. I, I think that's a mistake. I think he's going to ultimately end up being a superstar. He gets a tier two designation here. But to me, he could clearly be a, a tier one guy by the time we're talking at, at, at 23, at 24 years old. One side note is that, uh, you know, watching Josh Giddy play uh, for Oklahoma City, you know, made me wonder a little bit, did we miss on Giddy the exact same way that I think folks missed on LaMelo Ball? Worried about the jump shot with Giddy, worried about who he's going to defend, struggled to do that. Uh, at uh, in Australia last year, and then Giddy comes out and just again that feel, that elite feel for that game, that elite passing vision, really stood out to me uh, in in that game as well. And is he going to? And then he he shot two for four from three, and again super small sample size. But if he ends up being a better shooter than we thought, and can hold his own at least a little bit on the defensive end then the Thunder are going to look really smart in taking Josh Giddy um, at six. I was a little bit skeptical. I was really surprised they didn't take Jonathan Kaminga over him. Again, it's early preseason. He only played a few minutes of a summer league game before getting injured. It was one game for Oklahoma City. But, uh, man, I have to say that I was really impressed. And it'll be interesting to see if he can build on that in the actual regular season. You know he's going to get a lot of minutes for Oklahoma City. A guy, Josh Giddy, who does not make the list here. Um, but certainly, if he's going to play like that, he'll be on this list next year. At 10, it's John Morant, a guy who just absolutely went crazy in the playoffs against the Utah Jazz. Uh, he was only 21 years old when he did it, averaging 30 points a game, 8 assists a game, 5 rebounds a game. Just absolute tantalizing, explosive athlete, uh, one of the most incredible athletes that that we've seen in the draft in a long time. 
he's got to improve that jump shot. I think that that is the the big question. He if he does, he's going to be completely unguardable in the offensive end. Needs to add strength. Needs to improve as a defender, which is why he's not a little bit higher on this uh, based off of what he did in the playoffs. Again, the analytics still on the fence with him a little bit. LeBron's analytics actually like him better than like Devin Booker. Uh, on, on the one hand, the Darko doesn't uh, actually has him with a negative 0.7 right now, which um, isn't great. Uh, and it's interesting that you have these two very highly respected analytics models. They don't agree uh, on Jaw. I'm a big believer in Jaw. Uh, he's a, he's going to be an all-star. I think he still has the chance to be a superstar if he can stay healthy, and especially if he can get that you know jump shot up to like a 35% three-point shooting. I just don't know how you're going to guard him at the next level after that. He gave the Jazz tons of fits um, that way. At nine, it's Bam Adebayo uh, out of the heat. Yes, he's still 24 years old. He's actually just recently uh, turned 24 years old. He he won't make the list next year, but he's a young 24 uh, on this list. And a guy who's already made an all-star team uh, is going to make plenty more, I think. This very unique blend of size, strength, athleticism, feel for the game. He got up to scoring last season, 19 points a game. Uh, is five assists a game. Absolutely impressive, you know, for a big man. Speed and agility to, to guard multiple players on the floor. Uh, shooting is, I think, the issue of where he takes his game to the next level. If he wants to move from Tier 2 to Tier 1 and be a superstar, he's only taken 44 threes in his career. He's hit just 16% of them. I, I think adding that three ball puts him there uh, in Tier 1. But he's already, to me, a legitimate all-star. He's going to be an all-star for many years uh, in the NBA. At 8, Devin Booker uh, out of Phoenix. Uh, also 24, his last year on the list. Uh, had a really, really strong score for Darko, not so much for LeBron. Uh, coming off his third consecutive year of averaging 25 points a game, absolutely one of the most lethal scorers in the game already. Uh, interesting that he's a solid three-point shooter, but uh, his percentages, he has a shot above 35% from three since his sophomore season. Just a little bit odd for somebody who we consider such an elite shooter. Not a bad shooter by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, average 20 points a game uh, in the playoffs. Shot just 32% from three. Uh, drew criticism at time for trying to do too much, trying to take over the game. Not always playing within the team system. Like I think that you have to remember that was Devin Booker's first playoffs. He makes it to the NBA Finals. Uh, and averaging 28 points a game in the playoffs, pretty imp- impressive for a 24-year-old. Uh, I, I think that Devin Booker is going to be a long, multiple all-star uh, in the NBA. I, I think that he's going to keep uh, improving his playoff performances and figure this out uh, for the Suns. And, and again, this is amazing. He's eight on the board, and he's he's terrific. I mean, he's a tier two guy all the way and maybe works his way into tier one. Uh, certainly, I think defense is another one that for him that he's going to have to continue to improve on. At seven, it's Trey Young. And I know there's people that really feel like Trey Young probably should be two or three um, on this list right now, and it feels like a slap in the face to put him at tier at, at number seven. Uh, I, to me, he's right on the borderline between tier one and tier two. He gets the tier two designation for me mostly because of the defensive problems that that he has, and I I think that you know to put this into you know, some sort of clarity that I think makes some sense. The LeBron analytics system had him rated as the sixth best offensive player in the NBA last season. At the age of 23, 
the sixth best offensive player in the NBA. That that's actually incredible. What an incredible f- feat for Trey Young. I think it's why people get so excited about him is just his ability to generate offense in multiple ways is just so impressive. He also was ranked as the fifth worst defender in the entire NBA last season. I'm not sure I've ever seen such a gap between a player's offensive production and defensive production. And I know off the top of your head, you're going to say, oh, what about Nikola Jokic or or Luka Doncic, uh, for example? Aren't those examples of that? Steph Curry or whatever. But I went back and looked and, and yeah, those guys aren't great defenders. Steph Curry actually isn't bad, uh, but they're nowhere near as bad uh, as Trey Young is. And so even though Trey Young is absolutely elite on the offensive end, to say he's a liability on defense, I think, like, doesn't state it high enough. The fifth worst defender in the NBA. The only other, like, big-time player, if you want to even consider him a big-time player, that was sort of in that realm was D'Angelo Russell uh, out of uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves right now as far as bad, uh, you know, defensive player. And so, no, I don't think there's, like, lots of players who can say that gap. There's huge gaps between players' offense and defensive abilities, absolutely. But I don't think there's a player right now in the NBA that has a bigger gap uh, between the two. And that that's, to me, where Young is going to have to improve to get into the Tier 1 status. Your superstar can't just put up points and not get you and, and then get you trashed on the defensive end. And and that's just what the numbers and the analytics show. Darko shows the same thing uh, as far as his de- uh, defensive uh, inabilities right now. I don't ever expect Trey Young to be a great defender, but even if he could move in t- out of like the top 100 worst defenders instead of top five, like if he could get there, he's tier one all the way because of his elite, absolutely elite offensive numbers. At six, some people are going to scream. It's Evan Mobley out of Cleveland. Yes, he's a rookie. No, he's not anywhere in the same realm as Trey Young uh, right now. He won't be for several years. Yes, this is a massive prediction on my part about what Mobley can be down the road. But look, Evan Mobley has the tools to be an NBA superstar someday. He has the tools to do it on both offensive and defensive end. General managers in that recent survey just predicted he would be the best player in five years among the NBA rookies. He's a unicorn with size, length, agility, can score from anywhere on the floor, can defend the rim, can rebound. He's not strong. He's got pushed around. You already saw that sort of on uh, opening preseason night for him. But but you could also see the talent that was there. Ended up, I think, with 10 points, eight rebounds, a couple of blocks for Mobley in about 20 minutes a, a game. I, I think that's probably going to be like a fair number of where we're going to see Evan Mobley uh, for year one. Uh, but his feel for the game, his understanding of the game, his versatility, his size, you know, you hear these comparisons to Chris Bosh, to Pau Gasol. I, I think he could be better than those guys, and those guys are both uh, NBA Hall of Famers someday. And so, again, not projecting Evan Mobley what he'll do next year, but what he would do at the same age of 23 or 24, I think Mobley deserves uh, to be ranked here um, at six. All right, uh, we're going to take an, another break and talk about Built Bar, and then we're going to talk about picks one through five uh, in our next segment. And it wouldn't be an NBA Big Board podcast without talking about Built Bar. They have so many dishes, delicious flavors. They have something for everybody. When you talk to Built Bar fans, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, 
My personal favorite flavor is the coconut. It tastes like a Mounds bar. They're chewy, they're moist, they're delicious. They taste like a candy bar, but here's the crazy thing. They're actually healthy for you too. Uh, check out the macros. They're 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180 calories, only four to five grams of sugar, only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today, get your grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. Bill Bar is also the official protein bar. The U.S. track and field team. Go to BillBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BillBar.com. All right, we are back now talking about the top five guys under the age of 25 uh, in the NBA. And again, just a reminder of the methodology here. Players had to be under the age of 25 by the start of this regular season, which starts on October 19th. I'm using both Darko and LeBron, two very highly regarded analytics models to rate each player. Uh, I'm also using my 2021 NBA draft year system, which was employed by talking to a number of NBA scouts and general managers about how they rated the rookies in the draft. Finally, I asked NBA GMs and scouts to look at these players and, and rank them based on tiers and for the rookies and sophomores to rate them on how, what sort of impact they think they'll have in the league by the time that they are 24 years old, uh, which I think is fair um, because otherwise we're comparing 24-year-olds to 20-year-olds. So look, if you want a, a list of who's just going to be best next season, several players on this list aren't, are just not going to qualify uh, for that. But if you're asking who would be better by the age of 23, 24, I think that they are going to get better. And we start with Jalen Green out of the Houston Rockets, my personal favorite to win Rookie of the Year um, this year. Just absolutely electric as a basketball player, as an athlete, um, just tremendous off the dribble ability to attack the basket. Good shooter as well, can do step backs. Just the guy who's going to go out and I think average 20 points a game as a rookie. And by the time you know he hits 23-24, this is a guy who could be flirting with a 30 point per game score um, in the NBA right now. Uh, he's got plenty of time to get there. He needs to get stronger. He needs to prove on the defensive end. He needs to be a little bit more of a willing passer um, than he was in the G League. But Jalen Green has all the tools to be an absolute NBA superstar. Got off to you know sort of a rocky start in his first NBA preseason game. Only went four for fourteen uh, from the field. He's going to have nights like that. I I, I don't doubt that he's going to be wild and a little bit more up and down uh, than some of the other players on this list. But just absolute superstar potential to be an incredible scorer in the NBA. Absolutely think that he can end up being a top 20 player in the NBA someday, which is why um, he sits here at five. At four, it's Cade Cunningham of the Detroit um, Pistons, also ranked as a tier one player uh, before the draft. And he comes in obviously with tremendous hype. He's the number one pick in the draft. People think he's going to be a franchise player. One of the most complete players in the NBA can shoot the basketball, can handle, can be a primary, secondary ball handler, can defend multiple positions. Uh, people love Cade Cunningham. Uh, he's not an elite athlete. I think that's one thing that concerns people. There is some question marks about whether he is more of a, a lead ball handler, more of a secondary ball handler. I probably lean towards more secondary ball handler, which maybe means if I was doing my own personal rankings, maybe Kate Cunningham isn't 
isn't here at four, uh, where I see kind of Chris Middleton as, as a comp. But look, a lot of NBA GMs and scouts look at him and say he is going to be an absolute star in the league. He plays the most important position at wing. He's a very mature player. Um, he's a clutch player, a guy that isn't afraid to take that shot um, at the end of the shot clock and help his team and take over a game when he needs to. It'd be really interesting to see what sort of rookie year he has. I think there's big expectations. I think Detroit's going to put the ball in his hands, let him do some stuff. Uh, we haven't seen him play in the preseason by the time of the recording. Uh, he's missing the first game as he's nursing an ankle injury. I don't think that's going to be a big deal at all for his future. It doesn't sound like the Pistons are concerned about his long-term term health. I think he's going to be one of the most interesting players to see what happens to his game. Can he live up to the hype? Because it is tremendous right now. But it's enough that you have NBA scouts saying, look, at the age of 24, we believe Cade Cunningham will be better at 24 than Trey Young was, or Bam Adebayo, or Michael Porter Jr., or Jamal Murray, uh, or Devin Booker. That's a huge compliment. Those are huge expectations. Hope he can live up to it. Uh, uh, certainly a very bright future. Don't see how Kate Cunningham fails, whether he leave, lives, lives up to this high ranking. Uh, let's give him a year and see what he does. At three, it's Zion Williamson, a guy who just turned uh, 21 years old, already putting up elite numbers um, offensively. Only Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid put up better offensive numbers for a big man, according to LeBron. Those are the only two players in the NBA that were better offensively as big men uh, than Zion Williamson right now. Uh, 61 field goal percentage, obviously impressive. He dunks everything around the basket. Up to his uh, assist points, assist totals to 3.7 assists a game. We saw the advent of Point Zion sometimes at uh, in New Orleans when they put his ball in his hands. Uh, he does need to get in consistent three-point shot. We're always going to worry a bit about his conditioning and, and his health because of the weight that he carries on his body. We certainly want to see um, that uh, improved. But and, and there's questions about his rebounding and shot blocking as well. But you talk about such a dominant offensive player who's not terrible on the defensive end. And this is why I think he's a candidate to become a top 10 player in the NBA someday. And certainly a guy where you can quibble, hey, I think Trey Young is better than him right now. Uh, again, look at the age difference and ask where is Zion going to be in two seasons on this list. And it's going to be kind of right, right here at the top. At two, it's Jason Tatum, the Boston Celtics, still only 23 years old, and a guy who's already right now at 23 flirting with becoming a top 10 player in the league. Uh, just incredible for a player his age. Both LeBron and Darko having as a clear tier one guy, which means superstar, top 20 player in the NBA already at the age of 23. And LeBron already says he's the 10th best player in the NBA um, right now. So that that's super high praise. Uh, and then when you factor in that actually Jason Tatum struggled with a bout of, of COVID in January, uh, he said in April he was still needing an inhaler to play. Uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, and all career highs uh, as a 22-year-old this year, we only expect bigger and better things for him next year. And I think his big thing is can he move convincingly from tier one superstar into I'm one of the 10 best players in the league. I think he's got the potential to do it. Uh, just a great, great pick for the Celtics, uh, an incredible player. At number one, no surprise here, Luka Doncic, an absolute prodigy, only 22 years old, uh, already, according to LeBron and others, a, a, just an absolute star. Can he be the best player 
in the NBA? That's the question mark for Doncic right now. Uh, and you talk to NBA general managers right now, and they're very confident that this guy is going to be a multiple MVP winner. Uh, he's going to be on top of the league for a really long time right now. And, you know, this is all despite the fact that, look, Doncic is not a world-class athlete. He's not a necessarily a, a, a very good defender right now. But he is a triple-double machine. Uh, he averaged 28-8-8 and uh, the past two years. Just absolutely remarkable um, at any at any age. LeBron already has him ranked at 22 years old as the fourth-best offensive player in the entire um, league right now. Darko has him a little bit lower at 10th. And, you know, he's a guy that when everybody was putting together like their top 75, they were asking the question and really only of these young players with Doncic, should he, we just go ahead and put him on the list right now. Uh, he's that good. Uh, I think he's a guy who we're just going to see for a long time as one of the greats, as far as seeing the game, feeling the game, understanding the game. Uh, to me, Doncic is just absolutely a joy to watch. I really hope Dallas figures out how to get the right team around him uh, to make him uh, winning NBA championships because at the end of the day, as good as Doncic is, he'll ultimately be judged by how many rings he has on his fingers. And that's really up to Dallas right now to get their act together and put the right team around him so that that's what he's doing because at age 22, he should already be competing uh, for NBA championships. I think he's that good. And he sits at number one on this list. And he will sit at number one in this list, my guess, next year and the year after that, um, as well as a 23-year-old and as a 24-year-old. I don't see anyone knocking him down from the throne uh, anytime soon. All right. Well, that is our top 25 under 25. And one final thing that I think uh, is interesting a number of GMs and scouts brought, brought up, what if we included players that were not even in the NBA yet in this list? So I only included players that have been drafted in the NBA. So you know, no one from our draft list for the 2022 NBA draft is there. Obviously not for 2023 as well. And there was one name, Francis Victor Wimbanyama, who NBA scouts said if we could rank him, Right now in the top 25, he would already, at the young age of 17, ineligible for the 2022 draft. He's so young, not in, uh, eligible for the draft until 2023 as a top 10 player, uh, if you give him five years. Uh, incredible size length. Um, that 2023 draft, teams are going to be going crazy to draft a guy uh, that is already being projected as like top 10. 10 in the NBA future career type player at the age of 17. Now, look, he's got two years to mess that up uh, playing internationally. Uh, things can change. But as of today, if they were projecting out, I thought it was really interesting. And you can certainly go and watch our YouTube video or go over to Draft Junkies uh, YouTube uh, channel, watch Rafael Barlow break down his game. Just one of the most intriguing, long freakish players like Giannis freakish that that I've seen coming in a long time and certainly a guy who uh, would have made the list and when no one from the 2022 draft class uh, I'm told would have uh, just talking to several NBA general managers about that so there you have it that's our top 25 under 25 you can read the whole thing again over at nbabigboard.com. Make sure you subscribe, give us an email, make sure you get all of our uh, columns and newsletters in your inbox. And you've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.